Good morning, New Fellowship Missionary Baptist Church, a place where love abides. Our pastor is Pastor Dontel Halls, and I am your host for your Sunday School Hour, Reverend Bill Riley. Today's lesson is titled, God Meets Moses Alone. God Meets Moses Alone. Our scripture text is found in Exodus chapter 24, verse 12, and it says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Come up to me unto the mount, and be there, and I will give thee tablets of stone, and a law, and a commandment which I have written, that thou mayest teach them. And Moses rose up, and his minister Joshua, and Moses went up into the mount of God. And he said unto the elders, Tarry ye here for us until we come again unto you. And behold, Aaron and Hur are with you. If any man have any matters to do, let him come unto them. And Moses went up into the mount, and a cloud covered the mountain. And the glory of God abode among, upon the Mount Sinai. And the, cl- and the cloud covered it six days, and the seventh day he called into Moses out of the midst of the cloud. And the sight of the glory of the Lord was like devouring fire on the top of the mount in the eyes of the children of Israel. And Moses went into the midst of the cloud and got him up into the mount. And Moses was in the mount 40 days and 40 nights. Our golden text is found in verse 17 and it says, And the sight of the glory of the Lord was like a devouring, a devouring fire on the top of the mount in the eyes of the children of Israel. Exodus 24, 17. The time is around 1445 BC. The place is Mount Sinai. Our lesson outline is found in three parts. Moses summons. Number two, Moses instructions. And number three, Moses disappearance. In case you're wondering, this is probably Moses' third trip to uh, meet with God himself. Um, Just as last week, we saw that God had chose um, 74 people last week to come up and ratify the covenant relationship. The ratification was the blood um, sacrifice, which symbolizes the covenant and also the meal in which they had the covenant meal. In our day, we call it the communion. Moses summons. And the Lord said unto Moses, Come up to me into the mount, and be there, and I will give thee tablets of stone, and a law, and a commandment, which I have written, that thou mayest teach them. And Moses went, he rose up early in the morning, and his minister Joshua with him, and Moses went into the mountain. The Lord's word, Come up to me into the mountain, and be there, it was clear that Moses would be entering a special presence of the Lord. Be there can be translated wait here or wait there or remain there. It suggested that Moses would remain on the mountain for some time, 40 days and 40 nights. The Lord explained exactly what he was doing or what he was going to do with while Moses was there on the mountain. He was going to give Moses the tablets of stone and a law and the commandments that he had written. 
The Bible indicates that the Lord wrote only the tablets on stone with the Ten Commandments, while Moses wrote all the other commandments as God spoke them to him or dictated to him. Moses Instructions, verse 14. And he said unto the elders, Tarry ye here for us until we come again unto you. And behold, Aaron and Hur are with you. If any man have any matters to do, let him come unto them. And basically, Moses was delegating authority to um, the two of the top leaders, Aaron and Hur. And if any man had any quarrels or disagreements with inside themselves and their community, these two were to hash out the arguments or dis- disputes. Or in other words, they were the top judges in the community. We see that the law throughout the book of Exodus, beginning at verse chapter thir- chapter 19, that God had gave three categories of the law. There was the moral law, which is the Ten Commandments, and then there were the civil law, which is the commandments or instructions and in how to govern themselves within inside the community. And then there was ceremonial law. The ceremonial law was the laws and how to approach God and how to um, have your sins removed and govern yourselves in approaching God in worship. Um, ceremonial um, instructions were how to worship God. These are called the elders. The elders would not be accompanying Moses on this trip up the mountain. However, he told them to wait at the foot of the mountain for him and Joshua to return. And these instructions, there seems to be some hint that the leaders of the people, they were to keep things in order in Moses' absence. This would prove to be a difficult task delegated a leadership, Moses sensed that his time on the mountain would not be brief. This uh, necessitate further instructions to elders regarding how to handle any problem that arose in the abs- in Moses' absence. Aaron and Hur essentially were to assume Moses' duties as the judge or final appear- appeal in legal matters. In our final point, In our lesson or outline, Moses' disappearance is found in verses 15 through 18. And Moses went up into the mountain, and a cloud covered the mountain. And the glory of the Lord abode upon Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it six days. And the seventh day he called into Moses out of the midst of the cloud. And the sight of the glory of the Lord was like devouring fire on the top of the mountain in the eyes of the children of Israel. Outline number three, Moses' disappearance. It is obvious that Moses and Joshua, as they were ascending or ascending the Mount Sinai, that at some point Joshua would have to wait at a certain point as Moses continued to climb. And the scene is surrounding us where we see that the children of Israel are watching Moses ascend up to the mountain as they as they look up the mountain they watch him 
until they couldn't see him no more. As Moses climbed the mountain, he approached a cloud that covered the top of it. The cloud here is the one described back in Exodus 19, verses 16. Reading from the TEV version, today's English version, it says in verse 16, On the morning of the third day, there was thunder and lightning. A thick cloud covered the mountain. A loud trumpet blast was heard, and everyone in the camp trembled with fear. Verse 17, Moses led them out of the camp to meet God, and they stood at the foot of the mountain. Mount Sinai was covered with smoke because the Lord had come down in a flaming fire. Smoke poured out of the mountain just like a furnace, and the mountain, while the whole mountain shook, the trumpet blew louder and louder. Moses spoke and God answered him with a thunder. What an amazing sight. The best way I can describe it is the Cecil B. DeMille's version of what it will look like. Uh, however, we can use our imagination to try to figure out or to picture what this sight was like. I know in my family, um, whenever it's thundering and lightning outside, especially particularly real bad, um, the old the old family members, um, grandmom and great grandmoms and aunts as well, used to tell us that we need to sit still, turn off the TV, turn off all electricity because God is speaking. I'm going to take a look at uh, the definition is what is the glory of God? What is the glory of God? It is an event where God led or display on display shows off his power ability in such a way that our minds didn't think of it, nor can we explain it inside the Union Gospel Press. It in one of the paragraph, it gives a good description it says this brilliant powerful display represents the presence of the Lord in all his glory and power and holiness. Which brings us to our golden text. Our golden text is in found in verse 17. It says the sight of the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire on the top of the mountain in the eyes of the children of Israel. Now, key, key, key to this verse is the words was like. In other words, uh, there is a phenomenon that's taking place in verse 17 that we cannot explain or it haven't even entered into our minds of what it is that we're seeing. And so the writer, which is probably Moses, is giving us an illustration of what it will look like to the children of Israel from their vantage point looking up. I'll read it again. And the sight of the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire on top of the mountain in the eyes of the children of Israel. In verse 18, and Moses went into the midst of the cloud and got him up in the mount. And Moses was in the mount for 40 days and 40 nights. According to our calendar, that is probably one month and nine days or depending on 30 days, 10 days. That's a long time. 
from our vantage point, but also the Bible says one day is like a thousand years to the Lord and a thousand years is like one day to the Lord. I'm probably sure that time had um, seemed like um, it had stood still from Moses' vantage point when it came to Moses interacting or dwelling with the Lord. And Exodus 26:16 tells us that the cloud of the Lord's presence abode upon the Mount Sinai. The Hebrew word for abode or dwell underscores the ideal, not of a loftiness, but of a nearness or closeness. God's presence was closer to uh, the mountain. And from this, we get the word, the tabernacle, where it says that God dwells with us. Or the word Joshua, which means also Emmanuel. Or the word Emmanuel means um, God with us. Joshua is our salvation. Emmanuel is God with us. Amen. God is glorious. He is far above everything or anything we can imagine with our finite human minds. He is all-knowing, all-powerful, and present everywhere at the same time, infinitely above any rival claims of of power or authority. The fact that God is glorious also means that he is deserving of our praise and our obedience to the creation, to the creator. I'm sorry. If you have attended church at any length of time, you have likely heard the term glorify in the context of worship. Even though God is all sufficient and does not need our praise or adoration, he nevertheless desires us to offer him worship through songs, um, singing, um, living and loving each other. Some would argue to say that If you worship the Lord at church, you will not encounter the glory of the Lord appearing like a devouring fire over the pulpit or the choir. He appeared to the congregation of Israel over Mount Sinai in this matter for a special purpose. It was the sight of the awestruck to fear in the hearts of the onlookers, overwhelming them with a sense of the Lord's power and supremacy, which that makes sense because God has warned the children of Israel several times. They ought not to touch the mountain or come up to the mountain unless they would die. And it's not as though that God has put these um, barriers before the children of Israel to show off his power but to prevent them from disintegrating in his presence because of what he is made out of and what they are made out of. We're made out of sin and disobedience, shaped in iniquity, born in sin and shaped in iniquity. And so God put these barriers there in order to protect us from him because of his awesome presence. Let this powerful truth sink into your hearts that are infinitely glorious God wants you to know him better through a relationship built on faith in Jesus Christ. If a relationship with with God requires righteousness on our part, you would be hopelessly lost. 
But the good news is that if we are saved, our, our, our relationship with God is built on Christ's perfect righteousness. Instead, that is what brings God all the glory. So even though we have these barriers, God still wants to have a relationship with us and to draw us close. However, he has to um, allow us to come towards him so that we won't um, hurt ourselves. And so therefore, this is what Jesus Christ's um, purpose is, is to come and to make things right, to draw the bridge or to become the go in between so that Jesus in between God and man will connect the bridges from from man to God. Amen. And from God to man. And without Jesus Christ in the middle, then we wouldn't be able to get get to God in a proper and appropriate way. Amen. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're saying Moses didn't have Jesus. Well, yeah, Moses didn't have Jesus. However, God gave Moses a special anointing to come in his presence. And even though Moses came closer than most of us will probably ever will um, with God. um, Well, I wouldn't say ever because that's a definitive statement. Um, But in practical terms, um, Moses um, were closer to God, talked face to face with God. If there's any closeness that we would get to God, it will be through Jesus Christ. So, but even though Moses was on the mountain, um, Moses didn't get close to God because God had to hide him in between a rock, which you'll see in later upcoming. All right, let's deal with some of these questions. Question number one, what did the Lord say he was going to give to Moses on the mountain? The Lord explained exactly what he was going to do while Moses was on the mountain. He was going to give Moses tablets of stone and a law and commandments that he had written, uh, God had written. Now, my question to you is, why did God write on tablets of stone? The question is that why did God write on tablets of stone? It's because in Billism, is so that Moses would not change the law or anyone else would change the law. We live in a day today where um, the Roman Catholic Church have just changed one of God's laws, and that is um, a moral law, and that is crucial. That is crucial. Um, and, and in a sense, the Roman Catholic Church is now accepting the behavior of a, a certain group. Now, God loves everyone, no matter what sin they are engaged in. However, when we change God's law and start accepting um, what he wrote in Romans chapter one, then our um, those who change the law are in great danger of the wrath of God and judgment of God. Number two. Who did the actual writing of the tablets of stone? Well, actually, God wrote on the tablets of stone. But then there were Moses had also wrote some of the civil laws as well as the ceremonial laws. Number three, who was Israel's true teacher? Well, Israel's true teacher is God. 
The Lord teaches us through his written revelation, the Bible, as faithful teachers expound it and the Holy Spirit enlightens our minds to understand it. His instructions is not designed to satisfy our curiosity, help us win our arguments or make us look smart. It is giving so that we might know him better, consistently obey him and grow to maturity and Christ likeness. To ignore this word is to disintegrate his instructions. It is crucial to our spiritual well-being that we eagerly read, study, and learn the scriptures and submit it what they teach us. Who accompanied Moses up Mount Sinai? Number four, who accompanied Moses up Mount Sinai? Well, Uh, Moses was accompanied by Joshua. Joshua is mentioned only one time earlier in Exodus in chapter 17. There, as we learned in lesson three, he led Israel's successfully military engagement against the Malachites. The battle had taken uh, place at some point in their journey in Mount Sinai less than three months after they left Egypt. We know nothing about Joshua before Exodus chapter 17. Um, But Moses obviously saw in him the qualities of a good leader, both uh, military and otherwise. However, uh, it also is written in the Bible where um, Joshua, along with Caleb, boldly stood against almost the entire nation when The people refused to enter the land God had promised to give them. Well, those were the leaders that Moses had sent into the land to spy out the land of 12 spies. 10 came back with a bad report and two came back with a good report. And from that point on, I believe that um, the the children of Israel became um, a devoted nation. Now, that's a billism. That's that's my opinion. Um, But you go and check it and read it. Well, most of the other questions are pretty obvious, and um, but you can figure those out as you read it. Uh, let's look at today's aim. Today's aim is to see the chism between um, um, God. I'm sorry, <laughs> to see the schism between man, sinful nature, and God's glory. In other words, there was a uh, uh, a blockage. There was uh, a barrier between um, sinful man and God's glory, which we talked about early. That's the fact. That's the aim. The principle is to understand how holy God is and how unholy we are. And the application is to be thankful that God chooses to use believers for his glory. Practical point number four I want to use is God is always with his people, even in frightening and confusing times when they do not sense his presence. Uh, and in the case of where we are today in our world with coronavirus and um, unstable political leaders, um, it's, it's good to know that we still are, are, are in the presence of God and God's um, presence is with us. We can still have a conversation with us. Now, let's take a little practical um, exercise. Yep, this is an exercise that I want um, even our young kids to learn today. And that is how to get into the presence of God, just like God, just like Moses did. 
in the old biblical days. Because we have accepted Jesus Christ as our personal savior, Jesus Christ bridged the gap between a holy God and a sinful man. So we're going to practice getting into God's presence today. I want you to bow your head with me and that you would pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ, we come before your presence, Lord God, and we thank you, Lord, for allowing us to be in your presence once again. We look forward to uh, spending quality and eternal life with you, Lord, and we know, Lord God, that the things in which we are experiencing right now are much better um, in in the upcoming days. We thank you, Father God, um, that you give us strength and courage to go through these days and these um, frustrating times. So we just thank you, Lord, that we can close our eyes and come into your presence, come boldly before your throne of grace. Just like your Bible says, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. That's it. That's all I have for you today. God bless you. May heaven smile upon you.